Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Chaturanga podcast with Grace and Olive. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the coronavirus pandemic and how it's impacted the yoga industry from our personal point of view, as well as maybe offering some ideas and thoughts about how other people might be feeling it in our industry as well. Mm-hmm. So I will go ahead and introduce myself for those of you who don't know me, maybe don't come to my classes or don't follow me on social media. Uh, my name is Grace. I'm a 500 hour certified yoga teacher. And at the minute I'm based in Liverpool in the UK. Uh, if you're not from the UK, that's like the northwest area generally. Uh, although I do spend a little bit of time in London as well. So I'm kind of between those two places. Mm -hmm. and uh, before becoming a yoga teacher I worked in advertising Uh, definitely not the type of environment for me so (laughs) I made the decision to leave that job in winter 2017 did my training in 2018 and I've been teaching pretty much full-time ever since then with the exception of doing like some odd jobs here and there pretty much full schedule and Before lockdown, I was teaching every day, Monday through Saturday. Um, Pretty, pretty busy teaching all over the place. Some studios, Mm. some gyms. Uh, I've taught in schools. I've taught in hospitals. I obviously still teach private sessions as well. And that is kind of where I was at before this all happened, before we went into lockdown. (laughs) So that's a little bit about me. Oh, also probably worth noting, uh, you will obviously hear us talk about this at length in the future, I am sure, but I'm also a competitive powerlifter. Obviously, some of my competition plans have gone out of the window due to all of this, Mm -hmm. which is a bit sad, but I'm still managing to train. And I've been powerlifting now for nearly a year, Um, so still really a baby in my powerlifting journey, but I really do enjoy both yoga and powerlifting a lot. Obviously, I enjoy them. I want to do my job. <laughs> I'd like to think I enjoy them. Uh, but they both do play a really big part in kind of my day-to-day life. And as much as yoga can really benefit my powerlifting practice, my like strength practice has really helped inform my yoga practice in a lot of ways now I said this to Olive the other day that doesn't mean if you come to one of my classes you're going to be throwing massive weights around <laughs> can you um, imagine yeah would not I think it would be a little bit off-putting for some people. Um, so yeah for um for for the intents and purposes it d- d- does not mean that don't worry <laughs> but, uh, it definitely like informs my teaching mm. in one way or another but again like I said we'll probably go into that in future episodes so that's a little bit about me (laughs) hand you over to olive cool um yeah so hey guys um again for those of you who don't know me i am olive i teach in brighton which is the south of the uk along the coast so super super lucky to be by the beach especially as the weather's getting better um and very similar to grace i have been teaching solidly for the past two years and i am a freelancer so this is my sole job um i also trained in india we actually trained at the same school but i have done 200 hours in ashtanga and vinyasa yoga um 
but I think the reason like me and Grace get on so well number one is that we don't just solely do yoga so Grace obviously does have powerlifting I do a lot of like strength training and mobility training outside of my yoga practice and I've recently got into other like movements like exploring different things like um climbing as well as parkour and crossfit I just kind of want to see like what my body can take and I draw a load of inspiration from these external sources of training when it comes to me teaching like I like to incorporate loads of different stuff that again doesn't mean we're going to be like throwing weights around the room or like jumping like a parkour line like (laughs) no it's sort of like taking like the foundations of it and mixing it into a sequence or a flow um but yeah I guess to go on to how me and Grace actually know each other we met in India Grace was doing her 300 hour course I was doing my 200 hours And I'm pretty sure like one of our first conversations, we bonded over that company ethics, which was a vegan brand. (laughs) Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, what? Snap. (laughs) Yeah, my friend actually um, pointed to, because you were at the the buffet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Side note, we will probably talk about this in our teacher training. We had a buffet three times a day. It was amazing. Um, And Olive was like, up there and the the shirt that you're wearing it's got like quite um a big print on the back doesn't mm, it so it's like yeah. very recognized. you'd know what it is if you knew what yeah. it was and obviously we went to a school in India it's an international school there's people from all over the world there yeah. so to see a brand that I knew was was British um and you it's quite a niche brand as well isn't it really? yeah 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 definitely um yeah. and my friend Ben Hey Ben, what's up? Um, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> he was like, he was like, oh my god, like he's American. I'm not gonna imitate his accent. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to do that. But go to friend Ben. But he was like, isn't um, don't you know that brand? Like that girl's wearing that brand that you, you yeah. Something. So I think I spoke to you about that, and then yeah. um, I remember as well on our teacher training my so how it kind of works is the the 200 hour group is obviously separate from the mm. 300 hour groups that I was on uh, again this is stuff we'll probably explain at a later date all you yes. really need to know for this is we were in two different groups and mm. my group had to do the morning adjustments for your practice so yes we had to go and observe your personal practice and give you adjustments and assists if you needed them and also mm-hmm. we had to kind of learn how to how and when to use those things yeah and if any of you have seen Olive's practice then you'll know it's a very advanced very strong I, I don't know if I like using the term advanced but it is no, yeah, a very advanced practice and it's very strong and there is not a lot of things that Olive needs help getting into. Um, so I remember as well just saying, yeah, yeah, I'll just leave you where you are. You're good. You're good. You're fine. Like, oh, it was funny. I was like, I'll just let Olive do her thing. I'll just just let her like, um, But so yeah. yeah, that's what we met. And then we ended up getting the same flight home, didn't we? Yeah, that was really nice because it was, it was really our time in India like was so great because there was constant like interaction with people and it was so wonderful and then the stark contrast of just leaving and going back home it felt really really lonely mm-hmm. so to have you like pre-flight to just chat was like so good um I'm like, I was like oh I feel a little bit like better now leaving yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know like even though we've known each other now for god what over two years yeah I haven't seen you since God summer 2018. Mm-hmm. I worked yeah. out earlier today. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like 
We've only seen each other once since India. That's mad. <laughs> but... It's crazy. It's because like we speak to each other pretty much like every single day, maybe. Yeah, 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 definitely. Whether it's just like a silly little comment yeah. and a reply to a story of it, or it's like voice notes, you know, we're always in touch, mm. which is really nice. But <laughs> yeah, and it's been like dead nice having somebody who like our teaching journeys pretty much moved mm. at a very similar pace, I would say. Definitely doing the same thing, but we've we've been quite lucky in that we've come across the same things at kind of round about the same time yeah a hundred percent and like it's nice to hear like your experiences as well and to hear that I'm not alone in some of the issues that I've had Mm -hmm. and be like you know because like the yoga industry it can be so lonely because you are a self-employed freelancer um and to you know like ask advice from someone or just chat about stuff that (laughs) you only really deal with as a yoga teacher it's nice Mm -hmm. to have you to like support me um But I think that's sort of like the purpose as to why we're starting the podcast with obviously experienced a bunch of different things. And I guess wanted to share it with other teachers, other students, others who are looking to start their yoga teaching journey and just hopefully offer some insight, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. I'd echo everything Olive just said. That's (laughs) our kind of main goal. Not that we have like I think a lot of it is mainly as well we say all of this in voice notes over Instagram yeah and the content of these podcasts is stuff that we have probably rehashed a million times between ourselves (laughs) like surely there's other people who must think like this so yeah yeah putting it out there and hopefully you might get hopefully it's entertaining if nothing else to just hear (laughs) um, our opinions because we have a lot of them yes (laughs) you know like that is not a surprise (laughs) no but exactly I think like can you imagine if we started recording those podcasts like way back when when our voice notes first started my god the backlog would have been incredible (laughs) we'd have hours and hours of content yeah but I guess ironically like if anything the coronavirus has you know allowed us this time to actually sit down and concentrate in providing these so that's one incredible benefit that has come out with it you know so far yeah definitely it's given us the both the time to just be like right we're going to do this yeah yeah our attention has now been brought to other things because like you sort of touched on when you introduced yourself beforehand we were both so busy with teaching um classes like every single day like similar to you I would teach five days a week like four classes a day whether public or private and during the days when you're teaching there's very little time to do anything else or like focus your attention on anything else because you're prepping you're going to the class so to actually and then on the weekend you know you're cracking on with like general life admin or like seeing friends or seeing family or whatever it is um so now to be able to like retract our attention to something else and bring it to something else and offer a different kind of long form content I'd like to call it (laughs) It, um, yeah it's like really really interesting to be able to do that and take our teaching to a different level or different standpoint I guess so mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I yeah I think as well just to add to that we've probably you know I, I 100% don't think I've kind of learned it all and that's not what mm. I, I think either of us are thinking in starting this I think this is just to create a bit of a sounding board for people in our situation as well yeah well it's for each other because I think just because you've not been in an industry for 20 plus years it doesn't mean that you don't know anything <laughs> no. um, you do know something and I, I think another reason why we're both quite similar is we're always 
I don't think we ever take things on face value. Yes. We always kind of question stuff. Mm. And I think that's this will hopefully give us a bit of space to do that. And as well, some things we'd love to share with students or yeah. um, even people who come to us and ask about training and stuff. And, you know, sometimes the context is a bit off. So mm. putting it in a podcast might be a good outlet for, for people to tap into. Definitely. Created, so. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, like, again, the thing with this podcast is that, you know, it's all our own opinion at the end of the day. So take it with a pinch of salt, you know. We're not looking to, like, <laughs> we're not looking to, like, bash anyone or the industry. We're just sort of sharing our common knowledge, our common experiences in sort of the hope of, I guess, yeah, creating more of an open conversation and removing the myth that the yoga industry is all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> You know, having a little bit more like grounding and reality in it because it can so easily be painted as this beautiful, easygoing thing when yeah, you know, it's, it's not it's not all the time. Yeah. It's quite, <laughs> but not all the time. Well, yeah. It's like any industry, isn't it? And I think yeah. for some people hearing that they might be kind of a bit, I don't know, confused and they're mm. thinking, Oh, you know, you what? So you're trying to kind of dismantle it and take that away from people. No, mm. that's not our intention at all. It's no. just a, show a different perspective for people who might want it and if you don't you don't have to listen to it so yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so um I guess sort of like leading into our main topic um because yeah. what we're now in our sixth week I guess of yeah. lockdown which is mad um we were actually just talking about this before like this week has actually surprisingly gone relatively quick considering we've been in lockdown um but yeah how have you been feeling like when did you start realizing the changes and how did that start affecting, I guess, your regular teaching schedule? Yeah, so I am currently still living with my um, my family and my dad mm-hmm. is on the high risk list. Mm-hmm. So I think about a week before the lockdown was kind of enforced. Yeah. I already had taken my, I'd, I'd stopped teaching. So right. in one of things I think I stopped quite early because I I certainly knew a lot of other people who were carrying on right until the, up until the last moment but because of my dad I was like as well I was going to talk about this before um mm. oh, sorry I was thinking about this before as freelancers I'm sure we we're going to touch on this we kind mm-hmm. of have a, a different it's not a bigger or smaller it's a different level of responsibility mm-hmm. so to take this back to my dad what I was thinking is I'm responsible for making sure that my dad's okay if he's in the, the high risk yeah and as a freelancer we're not just going to one place um teaching teaching however many classes it is you teach there a day and then going mm. back to your own house we're literally all over the place all the time so not only are we going to like you said before upwards of you know four different places a day or wherever yeah. it might be you've got to think about all the places you go in between that that time mm. uh, for me like places like gyms petrol stations all of that so I was like it's just too much of a risk and mm. thought you know if this is too dramatic of a step to take then give it a couple of weeks and I'll just start back up again yeah so I spoke to you know most places that I work for were really super understanding and I think they knew it was going the same place anyway so Mm -hmm. when I said you know I'm not going to teach anymore they were like okay you know you've got to do what you've got to do so 
that happened and then i think pretty much straight away so this was when the lockdown was actually enforced so i'd technically already been in lockdown for like a week before everyone else had uh then i decided i do want to do an online offering so Mm -hmm. i just started teaching on instagram live and that's what i've been doing ever since really um I'm actually at the point of recording this. I'm going to take a week off next week, I think. But because yes. um, I was meant to anyway, I was yeah. meant to go on holiday the week of the lockdown. But obviously that. Um, yeah. So um, I just kind of carried it on. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a rest. But to be honest, yeah. I found it. We're obviously going to get into that in a sec. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been, it's definitely been interesting teaching online. Yes. Definitely. Something I've wanted to do for a while. Mm. But yeah, I made the decision quite quickly that I just wanted to carry on teaching because. Yeah what I do I'm used to it yeah Um, exactly love teaching and I just thought you know again we'll come to this in a bit Instagram was kind of where a lot of not all but a lot of people who come to my classes were anyway so I thought I may as well stick there for the time being and Mm -hmm. then see what happens no for sure for sure that's that's me what about I know your experience (laughs) of what happened was slightly different Probably a little bit more scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, just the timing of everything was just, you know, when you're just like, oh, damn, of course that has to happen to me, you know? <laughs> so um, basically, it was, I had originally planned to fly back home to, so my parents live in Dubai. Um, I originally planned to go back to see them on the 17th of March, which was a, I want to say a Wednesday and I was coming back the following week. So I was there for a week going to see them. It was like a a week off work for me because I had been like flat out since like the end of December and just needed some time. Um, And my last class that I taught was on Monday evening in Brighton. And usually this class is like full capacity of students and it was below half and everyone was like just a little bit weird. We were all a bit like, oh, so unsure how long studios are going to stay open for um, because like the virus was starting to brew. It was becoming like a little bit more serious mm-hmm. at that point. And I remember one of my students said to me, she was like, oh my God, I'm going to be really sad if this is going to be the last class for a while. And I don't know, I think I was trying to be a little bit optimistic and the fact that I was like, no, I'm sure it'll be okay, you know. You know, sometimes as a yoga teacher, you feel like you just got to keep the, like, good energy going on. So I was, was, like, trying to avoid, like, going low. Um, Anyway, so I flew to Dubai and I was with my parents, took a week off work. But then I think three days um, with being back home, uh, the government announced that things were going to start closing. So non-essential places like cafes, like pubs, um, gyms, yoga studios. And my WhatsApp that evening like blew up with panicked messages from all the different studios that I teach at. And I was like, I really can't be asked to deal with this now. Um, this is like meant to me by a week off. And I'm like, I felt so disconnected from it because I was in a totally different country as well. So I was like, you know, it's whatever. So I ignored all the messages and everything for about a week because I just didn't feel like I was in the right headspace to deal with it um and then (laughs) when I was meant to fly home on the Wednesday my flight got cancelled so I was stuck in Dubai for two more weeks I say stuck I mean I was with my parents I was really fortunate and it was chill it was fine I was in the sunshine so I was like yeah this is cool (laughs) but I hadn't lived with my parents for like five years so it was really really strange but I loved it nonetheless um 
it was just the uncertainty of not knowing when I was going to be heading back home to Brighton. Um, but in that time, after taking that initial week off, um, the guys from Lucy and Yak, so Lucy contacted me, who are a dungaree clothing brand, big up to them if you guys don't know who they are. <laughs> um, they got in touch with me saying, hey, Olive, uh, would you mind teaching like an Instagram live class for us? Because I used to see the girls at headquarters like every Thursday and teach them for an hour anyways. Um, so I guess this was a way for it to just continue me teaching, but instead having um, more of the online presence. So very similar to you, Grace, I went and I did like the Instagram live class. And that was my first experience of teaching online. And I was like, yeah, it's actually like, it was really, really nice to teach again, you know, after having a week off um, and being able to connect to people through a different platform and still yeah being able to share my practice and my teachings and I it was like oh shit I've actually really really missed teaching even though it was only a week um and from then I think I started exploring the different alternatives so quite a few of my friends were teaching on zoom so I asked um some advice and I asked like you know, current students um, who I teach in person, but also people on Instagram if they'd be interested. And yeah, sort of like grew from there. So I now do the Lucy and Yak class every week. And I also do three um, classes on Zoom a week as well, which is like a little bit more private in the sense that people have to join the meeting. It's just not like um, uh, readily available as like Instagram live sort of a thing. Um, which, you know, it's keeping me sane. <laughs> I have really, really missed teaching and I obviously really enjoy it and I love it. And it's just given me more of a structure to my day um, during quarantine. So, yeah, basically, I ended up coming back to the UK um, about three, three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago. And life has just felt a little bit like... <laughs> um, more comfortable crazy. I guess yeah just crazy yeah I mean like crazy in the sense that um you know just life is completely upside down but it feels a little bit more normal to be back yeah. in like, my own space but um yeah so that's kind of I guess where I am right now so yeah, yeah. but isn't it today that the government announced what's actually is happening to lockdown um Apparently so yeah so at the time of recording this is the uh, I think we're on the third, <laughs> the third or the second, whatever you know. When they have to review the three-week lockdown measures, so yeah, today they have to tell us what's going on. But apparently, yeah, uh, Boris is making another announcement on Sunday, so oh. uh, we will know more. I think. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there for for mm. my own personal sharing uh, my opinion. I think for me personally, I know. I can just tell that as this goes on, you know, people are going to find ways around doing things. And I'm not saying that's yeah. wrong at all. So I'm no, going to no. use the example of like PTing, yeah. like going PT with a small group in a park. Yeah. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Like if people, you know, uh, I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about hypothetically if stuff mm. starts to get lifted. And I can, I can think that, you know, or I, I assume I should say a lot of people will then maybe start doing that with yoga yeah yeah um, I to be honest I'm feeling very very hesitant to teach until we're back in studios to be honest yeah. I think I'll either do online or studio gym whatever it is yeah. normally and I'm just gonna 
keep it that way for my own peace of mind to be honest yeah. just to go back to that that point that I made at the beginning about us kind of being freelancers mm. it's kind of been a blessing and a curse at the same time in terms of what's happened in the lockdown I think yeah. as a freelancer I was able to just pull the plug on my own classes it's my choice yeah um, they're my classes you know and I know I I don't want to be a bitch and you know <laughs> screw, screw over other people but at the no. same time like we we aren't paid like a salary by anywhere you know no. we're not beholden to somewhere yeah um, and if we don't want to do something we don't have to exactly Obviously, that has its own problems which we will uh, <laughs> talk about later on but I think you know that that's been slightly comforting for me and mm. same as you like I think um teaching online has just given me a bit of structure a bit of routine. yeah same as everyone I mean that's the kind of overwhelming feedback that I've had from people who've taken the classes they've said you know just thanks for doing it thanks for mm. even if somebody comes for 10 minutes of the class I, I can't tell because they've you know they've just kind of muted the screen or yeah you know, they've turned it off or whatever then at least they did something you exactly know? yeah and I think people are quite appreciative that um you know teachers have continued to offer what they do in person usually um because it's again offering some kind of format to their day they're like oh cool grace is on tonight at 6 to 7 p.m i'm going to join in i can then like formulate my day around that particularly like in this time when you're now suddenly expected to live work chill out and eat from home when mm-hmm. before it was like you know it was just a place to chill and eat Um, now you're doing like everything there as well which comes with its own issues so to have some form of structure I think is really really important Um, but going back to your point previously about how um, you know whether or not whatever Boris says I think people perhaps are getting a little bit more restless in terms of like staying in the house particularly now like the weather's getting so much better like I cycled along um, the seafront this morning for some air and it was like 11 o'clock and there were so many people out and about just walking. And mm-hmm. I think it's just like, you know, the weather's getting better. People don't want to be cooped up indoors, especially if you're living like in a basement flat or you're living in a flat that's one bedroom and you don't have an outdoor space. Like, yeah, that's just really shitty. But um, I don't know. It depends on, I think I'm the same. I don't really know if I would like to just teach again until studios are reopened you know I want to continue the online offering for as long as I can because if anything we're putting ourselves and our students at higher risk if we just suddenly start darting about everywhere and teaching in loads of different spaces exposing ourselves to so many different um people and it's more risky for someone like you who lives with an individual who is you know higher risk like I live by myself so I'm only putting myself at risk but I don't want to then impact others you know yeah Um, so yeah we just sort of like sort of be smart about the way we re-implement teaching um, yeah and I think it's worth us mentioning because I think it's not people's ignorance it's just you maybe don't realize it um and even impacting people who come to classes yeah so the week before lockdown as well I taught a wonderful lady who was actually going through chemotherapy oh wow he was she would obviously fall in the high risk category as well and yeah. as yoga teachers and pts we have really limited say in who comes to the classes yeah definitely so we don't you know know who's going to walk through the door mm. and what 
they could be dealing with. And of course, everyone is. I. That's why, as well, I I want to kind of do it when it's safe. It's because I want mm-hmm. anybody to be able to come and do it. And yeah. I think when we're online, it it really. That's one massive pro I found online. Yeah. It's opened it up to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Within reason. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like. Yeah. Yeah. People. Yeah. Um, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. So how have, have you fa- have you found like there's been we may as well start with the positives of what you've yeah. found from, from teaching online. Yeah, I think um there are quite a few actually that have come with it. Um the biggest one that I have perhaps noticed is that so I'm no longer previously I used to teach for like a bunch of different studios um across like Brighton and worthing and now I guess I am more in charge of my own schedule and what I want to offer which is quite an empowering thing to feel you know I'm no longer Mm -hmm. sort of like confined to uh, a certain style of class um, that's been previously like marketed so I've now got three classes a week on Zoom and they are all like totally different to one another so I have like an Ashtanga inspired class I haven't taught Ashtanga in over a year And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really feeling this again. Like, set sequence, like, you've put me on that train. I'm like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Um, I do a vinyasa class, which is, like, more creative stuff. I chuck in a bunch of different things that I like to do. And then my last class is functional movement, which is more like strength and mobility training um, with some elements of um, yoga asana, but mainly, like, mobility, which is something that my interest has peaked in quite a lot recently and it's something I do a lot myself so I want to share it with others um so it's just been you know I've been allowed that freedom to explore different styles and challenge my teaching in new ways like I think it's very very easy to get comfortable with teaching one style um perhaps like even getting bored of one style but now it's like a totally different sequence a totally different like moves and it's you know, you've got to be more intuitive, you've got to be more reactive, you've got to be more present as well with your teaching, which has been so fun to be in that mindset again. Um, So that's perhaps been one of the biggest things. And the second thing as well that I have found is that I'm now able to reach a demographic wider than Brighton or Worthing, you know. Um, And class sizes in some studios it was limited to nine people because that's all the space that we had now my classes can be as big as they want to be sort of thing and I'm now reaching people across the globe like luckily Lucy Nyack they have such a huge global platform that I've taught someone who was in Canada I taught someone who was in France and Germany and like my best friends from around the world have been able to join in with me as well from like South Africa and that's just like mind-blowing you know like One of my best friends, Alice, she lives in um, The Hague in the Netherlands. And for the past, like, two years, she's always been like, oh, Olive, I just want to come to Brighton and, like, live life and just go to all of your classes and support you that way. And she supports me, obviously, like, you know, through um, social media. But And now she's been able to practice with me, like, finally after two years of saying this. And it's just been so magical to have her in class. It's just meant so much. Um, So in that respect, I'm now able to reach a wider audience and it's so exciting. So I think, you know, I definitely do looking forward to when stuff does return to normal. I would like to continue at least one online live class a week because it it just makes me so happy to be able to engage with people from around the world. But um, yeah, yeah. How about yourself? Mine are literally exactly the same. (laughs) 
that's not very exciting for the, for the people. Gosh, darn. No, it's um, good. We agree on a lot of things. <laughs> we do. We, I don't think we disagree on much when it comes. No. To it. We, can, we play devil's advocate quite well. Um, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Same as um, I just on your last point about teaching people from around the world. I mean, last week I took a class by our lead trainer, Vicky. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Vicky Queen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'd not been taught by her since my training. So oh, wow. Like years ago, uh, which was so, so nice. Mm. I've been teaching two of my best friends who, they live relatively close to me. So one of them mm-hmm. lives in, like, inner city Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And the other lives slightly further away, um, kind of closer to Preston Way. Right. And just because of where they are and where I teach, it would take, like, my friend in Liverpool probably an hour to get to a class. Yeah. And my other friend an hour and a bit or some similar yeah and obviously they both have lives and jobs and <laughs> it's just that's so that's a bit of a mission really to do yeah uh, which they're not going to do all the time and they've been coming to my live classes which is like so nice to actually have them yes. uh, both of them have not really like done yoga regularly before so it's nice that they're actually coming to me to do it which is cool yeah definitely um, so yeah, that like I found that so so good, and as well, I've had a couple of messages off people who have said that they felt quite self-conscious in the past to come to a yoga studio. Hundred mm, percent. Yeah, and now feel a bit more comfortable just being able to go on Instagram and kind of join a live feed. Yeah, and then that's it. I think that's it. Like the accessibility now for practicing mm-hmm. yoga has just increased. Like there's no longer the barrier of having to leave your space and go to a studio and practice in front of others particularly if you're like new to the practice like my god it's fucking intimidating sometimes you know like there's so much to think about so to be able to practice from the comfort of your own home like you said has just allowed people to build that level of confidence so that when life does return to normal it's like yeah you know what I'm gonna go and practice at a studio yeah exactly and like to hear that you've impacted someone in that way it's just I don't know, you get that warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> like, yay! This yeah. Is yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this bit, I mean, we said this before about the structure of people's days. I mean, I, to a lot of people, I understand it seems quite a, a trivial thing, but I know through lived experience and through other people saying it, mm. it, it makes a big difference. And I, you will hear me saying this over and over and over again, everyone who's listening, but the practice does like it. The, the practice always stands up by itself and it doesn't mm-hmm. need like dressing up or, yep. you know, it doesn't need all these bells and whistles on it. It yep. will do what it does best, which is different for everyone. But I think at the kind of most basic level, it'll make you connect to your breathing. Mm. Uh, it will, even if you do a really intense vinyasa class, it will definitely bring you a little bit of calm and peace. Yes. And it'll just, if nothing, give your day a little bit of a different shape and hopefully mm. feeling a bit better. So yeah. I think it is a really nice thing to be able to do. And like you were saying, even people being able to do it from the comfort of their own home is, is mm. it's different. It's something that's, it's definitely happened before. Yeah. Uh, we'll get onto this in a sec, talking about the, online market as it is but Hmm. it's I don't think not been as widely accepted 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And now suddenly the whole industry has been forced to adapt and move online, which, you know, I don't think anyone ever saw happening considering it's already such an oversaturated Mm -hmm. market. Um, But I think, you know, sticking to the positives, both of us wanted to move and have more of an online platform or an online presence in terms of our teaching. And Mm -hmm. this time has like allowed us to explore that um, and allowed us to test out the different ways and perhaps implement it. Like I do definitely want to continue doing like one online Zoom class a week, but for the longest time for about like, a year now I've wanted to do um YouTube classes um purely because like if I do want to end up traveling like around the world (laughs) um you know I can't just have like my regular studio classes I have to have some kind of online platform where I am still teaching and sharing regularly and still earning some form of income so that I can support the teaching and the training and the workshops I do like around the world you know these are big plans I have in my head but (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's given me that time to formulate um, a channel and develop and build on that and just get used to it so that, you know, future me will be like, yeah, solid. Cool. We can go travel now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, we both in terms of you saying, you know, you wanted to develop an online offering. Me too. I think. Mm. I've wanted to do it for the same reasons to kind of move and travel and things and as well just offer something else because mm. I think I've felt for quite a while a little not completely burnt out but a little bit burnt out maybe from yeah. going here there and everywhere and I've wanted yeah. to do something which I think is a little bit less uh, taxing in that way yeah it definitely has, it has its own kind of uh struggles with it teaching online doesn't it mm. but it's not anywhere near as you know like hectic I guess yeah hectic's the right word yeah yeah because like you said if we're teaching three classes a day three or four whatever it is it's like it's not just the hour that you're teaching it's the 15 minutes of setup and close down but it's also the time that it takes to then travel there like it can be so so hectic sometimes and that's the beauty of teaching online like you can get ready five minutes before class and be like, yep, cool, ready to go, like without all that faff. Um, And it allows you enough time to sort of settle into the headspace without having to like rush out from your car when you've just almost had like an accident with someone or something, you know, I'm being super dramatic, but (laughs) you know, it's, it allows you to get into the headspace a little bit more um, and take your time with it. And yeah, the time, of setup has reduced dramatically which is quite nice <laughs> it, is. it is i'm yeah. very much enjoying that yeah. Same. Yeah. um that being said there are some little drawbacks of it and yes. maybe we should touch on before we talk about our personal experience what mm. do you think we we've said how you know we think it's quite an oversaturated market anyway mm. yeah what are your general thoughts on teaching yoga online and how how much content there is out there already and how did it impact your decision to move online if at all so yeah I think in terms of like YouTube there is a hell of a lot of stuff 
you know classes on there already and they range from like 20 minutes to 90 minutes power vinyasa jiva mukti like there's so much stuff on there already that it's quite overwhelming um particularly if all you want is like a simple vinyasa class you're now like flooded with like a thousand different options you're like holy shit which one do I take um and obviously as we all know yoga with Adrian is massive on there she's got such a great backlog of um classes and I know so many people who have started their practice through her which is amazing um but I think oh yeah it's a big up <laughs> but I think like when it came to me deciding whether or not I had the confidence to actually put my stuff on YouTube. I was like, at the end of the day, like, if people like my style, they're going to come to my class on YouTube for that, you know, and having the confidence in myself to roll with that. Um, so say, you know, I had a student here, she moved away to France, and she was like, oh, do you do Skype sessions? And at the time, this was prior to the coronavirus, I was like, no, I, do, I physically don't have the time to do Skype sessions. But now I can be like, yo, you can check me out on like YouTube and you can still in theory practice with me because I know she really enjoyed doing my classes. So if anything, it's just if people like your style, they will basically come to you. Um, and I think having that knowledge gave me the confidence to go ahead with it and not like just withdraw myself. And I think yeah. it's like you never know unless you try. Um, but now I think... I think the yoga world's like heavily saturated like anyway particularly in Brighton I heard a stat one year that um we've got the highest percentage of yoga teachers per population in the UK I was like fantastic great <laughs> this is super bloody competitive um <laughs> but you know like again everyone has their own style but I think the fact that loads of studios and loads of teachers rushed to have the online platform Mm -hmm. and the online presence was quite overwhelming um, because it all happened very quickly and I think if you're a student it was like holy shit there's just too much noise I don't know where I want to go I don't know what I want to do it's just way too much and that's why I'm glad I took a week out to just reassess what I wanted to do how I wanted to do it and just took my time to go into it um not sort of like diving in head first sort of like wanting to catch the boat before it sailed um and yeah and the whole other thing as well is I think quite a few people panicked about it um, and rushed to just pump out loads of content and like when you do that you've got to question the reason behind just pumping out all the content you know just like class after class after class and you've got to think if someone's like pumped out six classes in like three days is the quality of it decent compared to the quantity you know it's all about quality at the end of the day if you're just looking to pump out loads of stuff just for the sake of it you've got to question why um and I think I've seen that quite a lot so yeah it's it's just a real confusing time I think people are like oh my god do I start do I have to be super productive and post loads of videos and loads of sequences and loads of flows or do I just do one class a week and yeah there's a lot of confusion I think so yeah but yeah yeah I definitely felt I mean I had the same experience where I'm based obviously because mm. we obviously teach in different areas of the UK and mm. deal with different uh groups of, of yoga teachers and physical therapists and all the rest of it yeah 
but it seems like the general consensus was okay everyone has to get online and so there was like a tsunami of <laughs> content coming for everyone which yeah. is fine and like i think you know people the kind it's everything's sort of died down a little bit by now um, yeah novelty has definitely worn off for a lot of people yeah yeah which is fine it was always going to wasn't it and i think most yoga teachers were prepared for an initial kind of spike and mm. very very intense interest in what they were doing mm. because it's a novelty and then yep. after a while the novelty wears off and you kind of get left with the people who will come into your classes regularly anyway and they, yeah. they have a really consistent yoga practice yeah and then people who maybe are just not that interested in it because mm. they only started doing it because it seemed the, the thing to be done at the time because yeah like you said, there was so much of it going on it was kind of difficult to ignore yeah so I think everyone's just made a decision based on obviously their own personal experience and how things like their income would be affected mm. and just from my perspective I think studios have felt more obliged to put out loads of content because that's what their yeah. customers their clients are used to mm. they're you know somebody could go to any yoga studio this goes for any studio up and down the country really and mm. you would expect to see a full-time table yeah. multiple classes a day mm. you know sometimes every hour something yeah. like that so yes. they probably felt way more pressure than freelancers to Definitely. put out content so that's been interesting to see how that's worked I've seen a lot of people starting the debate of teaching for free so mm. this is obviously something that you are doing in one way and not in another way so you are teaching for free if you think about it on youtube yep but you're also teaching for it to be paid which is your zoom classes yeah so do you feel any type of way about offering content for free because i know from my end of things i definitely got very very there's a lot of mixed signals going on and messages going on about that so I don't know how things were for you on that front yeah so I think like the purpose like with YouTube like right now I know that the content is for free but the plan in the future is to do like one free class a week and if people want to do more than one class with me then they pay like a membership fee and then they get like an extra two a week sort of a thing so that's sort of like the initial idea with that so I understand it's like early days where I'm still developing and building it but when life does return to normal that is the plan but when it comes to me doing um the Lucy and Yak classes, Lucy and Yak are still paying me as they would normally, which is incredible. Like they're such a supportive brand to work with. And I think they understand that it's such a tricky financial time for everyone. So they're really there and they really support who they work with, which is fantastic. Um, um, but when it comes to yeah, doing my online Zoom classes, I didn't want to have a fixed fee for them because... Number one, I didn't feel right charging people like what I would normally charge, like 10 quid, because, again, I have no idea what people's financial situations are, if they've been furloughed, if they've been like let off from their job, if they're still able to earn an income or whatever. So I have like a suggested donation of five to 10 quid for um, all my Zoom classes. But I have said, like, look, if you honestly cannot... Um, provide a donation like I really don't mind I would rather you just join because right now I think that's more important than having that as a barrier like another barrier you know 
Um, so yeah, but honestly, people have been so generous um, with their donations because I think they understand like it's still my job, it's still my time, it's still my experience that I am offering to them, and people just want to be supportive of me right now, which is really really like humbling to see. It's just like again that warm fuzzy feeling. You're like, oh my god, like it's it's just really like yeah really really wonderful um but then on the other end of like the spectrum I guess um I was working and teaching at one studio I'm not going to name names because I'm not we're not about that (laughs) um but this one studio was saying okay teachers are now going to be like teaching online and they have like a membership scheme where their members obviously pay x amount a month and they get x amount of classes and for some reason the studio decided to not pay the same amount towards the teachers as they would normally now I think in that respect that's kind of wrong um I think the pay was like docked by 10 quid so usually you'd get 30 quid um for an hour's class and now it was like 20 quid for an hour's class and to me that just seemed a little bit unethical because you're still offering your time you're still doing the same thing I get that it's you're not there in person to offer adjustments and it's not quite the same as going to a studio but there's still so many other variables that make it just as tricky to teach online and for me that just didn't seem right um, to retract or devalue the teaching of that individual by like 10 quid you know it's just a little bit like I get everyone's in a real tricky situation but also it just shows a real lack of security that there is within this industry and within this job um, so yeah I decided to not work for any studios at this time because it was just a real lack of security and I would rather have complete control over my classes um, yeah sorry I went off on a bit of a tangent but... yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, would, yeah. I would kind of ag- agree with that and thinking about your point that you just said on charging for online and you know you think it's the, it, essentially the same as teaching in in person mm. how much we should be paid and things I think what that does to me is it, it shows a bit of a wider issue that mm. I think how much we should be paid for teaching yoga should be more than it is already yes do you see what i'm saying so i think yeah. that the docking of the, the <laughs> fees it shows that you know well we're not paid enough as it is yeah no i think like <laughs> totally <laughs> undervalued yeah. uh, and that's not me trying to ask for more money off my students or anything no like no that. no more from the experience of working for places yes and i think this is it's going to be an ongoing issue for the whole industry and I think Mm. money in this this circumstance for me is not necessarily the best one to start thinking about money necessarily definitely not obviously if you can afford to so I'm in a in a very privileged position where I'm not going to be thrown out the house you know yeah (laughs) I'm lucky so to me I don't need to still be charging you know however much I usually would charge for a class Mm. because that's my situation and we're also in the midst of a global pandemic this isn't just I've chosen to go online and I get my own prices there's a lot of moving parts with this like you said people may have been furloughed people may have completely lost their jobs Mm. people might be too embarrassed or feel upset to even tell you that so to just give them the option to do it and knowing what it can do to actually help people I think I felt 
quite obliged to just do it to just yeah. act from the point that I was at which is yep. look I can I can right now do this and just ask for donations mm. it won't always be the case and I think some of this definitely will need to be addressed after yeah uh, we go back to not whatever normal looks like definitely. and I but, think like there's a real luxury as well in like okay number one right now is not the time to sell stuff like seeing PT selling their ebooks and programs right now I'm like are you serious like it's just it's just wrong like again global fucking pandemic like stop <laughs> um but also secondly um every yoga teacher I guess is in such a different situation as well like you said I think both of us are quite fortunate in the sense that we have like family support right now so we don't need to set you know a fee right we can sort of be like yeah it's donation based join if you want to um whereas like two of my really close friends who are both yoga teachers their baby is due in like oh my god a week oh my god how exciting um so it's like I think people want to support them more even though um they've said still donation based people are like look yeah it's a stressful time for you guys so yeah we are gonna you know fucking provide you (laughs) um so yeah, it's just interesting. I think it's so dependent on the yoga teacher as well as like their students, like what situation you're in, especially if, you know, you teach yoga as like a side job or as like your hobby, you know, it's not your sole source of income. I think you have a little bit more luxury um, when it comes to then like uh, taking donations. Whereas for us two, it's our whole job. Yeah, it's our sole job. It's our sole source of income. So yeah, got to be got to take quite a lot of things into consideration and it's not as black and white as you know perhaps an Instagram post makes it out to be (laughs) there are so many gray areas but yeah yeah it's it is it's totally specific to individual circumstance Mm. experience of this whole pandemic everything is going to be different for everyone I think yeah what I'm was saying before is just this issue of being paid and how much we should be paid and whether it should be donation or not is mm. an issue that has been happening way before this pandemic oh my and God, yep. will continue to be an issue in the industry mm. and one that I think deserves everyone's time and attention but mm. I don't necessarily think that is the most pressing thing to think about now if you can afford <laughs> not to yeah so yeah. I mean I, I don't know that's me being not a shitty person done for today <laughs> I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I'm holier than thou, because I'm different. Everyone's different, aren't they? It's like everyone's going to choose to offer their their classes on Zoom or Instagram Mm. Live, or they're not doing them, or whatever it is. Everything is so personal in this situation, and I just hope people keep that in mind uh, because I have seen a little bit of judgment go on, yeah, yeah, about why I'm people should or shouldn't be doing certain things and I really don't think a global pandemic is is the right context to start talking about that I think yeah and that's what we take forward and carry on with in the industry this is gonna be however long I think to be honest the longer it goes on the more we're like realizing this is gonna be Mm. we're gonna be in it for the long haul probably And yoga is going to be a complicated one to get back on its feet. Because if you think yeah. about it, a yoga class, by its very nature, people are very close together. Mm. What's going to happen with assistance, um, yeah. adjustments, 
yeah. even being in a studio environment a mm. hot yoga studio that oh my goodness that yeah sort of a nightmare <laughs> and hot yoga so that's, that's so upsetting <laughs> yeah yeah there are so many things to think about and people should just be allowed in this situation I think to do what they feel is right for them without mm. any judgment coming from people yeah. thinking that they know what's best for the industry I've seen Definitely. a lot of sort of so higher profile yoga teachers who teach globally talk about how we shouldn't offer our work for free and Mm. I I appreciate that and agree with it to an extent. Yeah. I just don't think now is the right time to have that conversation. Yeah. Have that conversation six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have it in two years. Have yeah. it when working for free ha- was always a problem in the yoga industry. It's not yeah. specific now. Yeah, exactly. That's my that's my two cents on the matter anyway. No, it, I totally it, agree with that. It, it kind of irritates me a little bit. You know, you're, yes. you're under no obligation to work for money. You're, you're not under obligation to work at all in this yeah. situation if you don't want to. If you, exactly. if you don't feel like it's right for you, if you need to do something else, go and do it. Yeah. Um, and does it devalue the, the profession? I don't know. Really? Maybe, again, like I should, said, we should have that conversation six months ago when people are out there teaching for free, basically, in studios. Yeah. That, to me, devalues the profession way more than Definitely. offering a, cla- a donation-based class. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we've both worked for, you know, charity in the past when it comes to us teaching. So we've had that experience in that field. Um, but, yeah, now is just not the right time. <laughs> Not the time. Let's just just stop the time. But yeah, I think apart from, you know, the monetary side of things, I think one of the biggest like issues I've come across is just not being able to read the room. Like, oh, oh, it's so hard. Like Instagram as well as Zoom, like you've you've just not got that feedback, you know, that you would have in a class setting where seeing your students and feeling what they're feeling, seeing what they're feeling and adjusting the tone, the pace, even the sequence if you have to, you know, to suit everyone or like the general consensus in the room. Like there is no feedback right now. Like all I hear is my voice droning on. I'm like, oh my God, these poor guys have to listen to my voice for like an hour. <laughs> and it's really like, it's really odd. Hello? Um, it's really, really difficult. Oh no, has a Wi-Fi gone? Hello? Grizz? Fuck me! Hello? Hello, you still there? Yes, my Wi-Fi just fucking cut out. Oh, that's okay, don't worry, I can edit it out. It's alright, cool. I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't um, stop the... Can you still hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, hear you absolutely perfectly. No worries, just don't worry, I will cut it out. Let me make a note. We were at like 57 cool. minutes, weren't we? Yeah, Don't worry, I can edit it out. You were just saying, sorry, we'll just jump back in. Sorry, we had a bit of a technical issue there. Um, you were saying you can't really read the room in an online setting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just really, really difficult. Like, regardless of whether you're teaching on Instagram or um, Zoom, you're just speaking to a device. Like, there's no one in the room with you, and it's so hard to read 
like everyone's energy and like the general consensus of the room so that you know you can adapt the pace the style the tone of the sequence if needs be like there's no feedback and it's quite challenging sometimes to feel I guess that you're doing the right thing or going at the right pace you know Um, so yeah that's probably the biggest challenge Um, I mean you get the feedback at the end of class but it's not the same as like seeing someone just be like oh I'm not too sure about this or just even glancing over and giving like an adjustment to like John in the corner who's maybe doing downward dog with you know arms or whatever so you know it's just a little bit trickier to be be intuitive that's what I was looking for yeah it's hard to be intuitive when you teach online it's really it's a really difficult one because I've had quite a few uh, conversations with people about Mm. how dangerous inverted dangerous is a very dramatic <laughs> word but dangerous, <laughs> dangerous online yeah and I think on the one hand yoga is not dangerous so yeah. on the one hand it's it's not anywhere near as dangerous as doing a hit class maybe I can think <laughs> of a different word other than dangerous um risky 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 is probably a better one yeah yeah it's just not because even if you're doing a fast vinyasa, mm. you I feel like people are much more inclined to just stop because they're given space to in yeah. a yoga class. And that's not a criticism of a PT, a, a, no, no, no. a fitness class. In a fitness class, I think people feel very, very pushed all the time, which is great. Yeah. So I think for that reason, online yoga, uh, online um fitness maybe translates a little bit less well than online yoga in that Mm. respect because Mm -hmm. I think you can moderate it a little bit more easily yeah and in general yoga is not overly dangerous I was having a conversation with someone before and was saying people come to yoga regularly and say things like oh I've injured myself during yoga um I would personally (laughs) make the argument that you perhaps didn't um the injury for example I slipped a disc in in yoga you probably didn't slip the disc in the yoga practice you were probably doing something else and then yoga's just exacerbated it essentially exactly yeah obviously there's some exceptions to that of course I'm not saying Mm. everyone's people know when they got injured don't they but in general big injuries tend to happen outside of a yoga studio yoga doesn't create big ones it creates ongoing perhaps chronic pain and makes it worse if people do it wrong but that's Mm. a conversation for a different time (laughs) yeah (laughs) so on the one hand it is uh less risky but on the other hand it can be really risky so I mean I've had I've had a guy like do his knee in in my class I remember it was like one of the the first classes I taught it was a bit of a baptism of fire and this guy like proper like fucked his knee up oh my god I was like oh shit and he had to like walk out the room oh my god I'm gonna be (laughs) yeah yeah oh man I think I had a really like similar experience um one of my students failed to tell me when I asked about like injuries or conditions that her knees dislocate really like easily. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, fantastic. And uh, she didn't tell me this. Um, and we were in a low lunge like 20 minutes into class and one knee just dislocated and she screamed Ooh. and fell to the floor. And it was really shocking. Um, she managed to put it back in and just cracked on. But I was like, oh, oh God. would it be, be nice to know? <laughs> but I think like, yeah, this, the practice is safe. And I think as well, like what both of us have done is not overcomplicate 
what we teach and do like stupid little crazy things that mm-hmm. more comfortable teaching in person you know I think we've mm-hmm. both removed arm balances and more complex inversions because there's just no real point teaching them online yeah. because it's no. so out of your control but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah I think it's it's all about like frequency as well I think if you're putting it in occasionally online for a bit of variety and give people loads of options that's a different story but I think if you're doing it hammering it every session doing even super I I mean I'm gonna make the point that maybe even a super advanced back bend is not suitable for online practice things like that yeah I think we've just learned to moderate it haven't we exactly um, yeah just which, making things that are a bit more applicable to right now rather than just being like cool let's go for some contortionism today yeah. like just no <laughs> not today. no no exactly yeah <laughs> um what was the point i was even making um we were talking about it being safe and how some oh, people yeah. have said it's just not safe to teach it online right now yeah and again that's personal preference isn't it it's hmm. If you don't feel it's right for you or you feel it's all a bit too much and overwhelming to teach yeah. anything at all, if you know, then then don't do it. And if you think yeah. it's too risky, don't do it. But yeah. I think the there's a lot of really, really great content out there. Yeah. And as much as we you know, we can try to the best of our ability to make an in person class as safe as possible and stuff still can go wrong yeah so you can't be completely watertight with these things but I think yeah we can definitely afford to like we've said moderate things perhaps they're not as crazy as they're going to be in person yeah you know I had a headstand workshop coming up Mm. uh, which obviously isn't happening anymore didn't happen (laughs) so that's something I never in a million years would have put online no not only do I think it's not safe or not a particularly beneficial thing to do i'm talking about an online workshop or class yeah half of the stuff over half of the things i wanted to do just won't translate in that exactly. situation anyway so yeah there's no point in me trying so. no <laughs> best to just like leave it and reschedule exactly same like i had my handstand workshop coming up and you were going to come to it go, I was. Go I was gonna come to that. Um, yeah and i had some people asking like oh are you going to do it online like of course i'm not like it's it's hard enough teaching handstands like in person anyway like let alone online that's just like mm. you know a shit show waiting to happen so I was like nope <laughs> no, no no but um yeah I think another just like general issue is just technology um oh. you know stuff just cutting out midway through like my wi-fi just blew like five minutes ago during this podcast <laughs> so you know the, the issue of like reliancy and uh, on technology can just impact the class as well you know you've got to stop the class and like freaking like restart your wi-fi and it just, like interrupts a flow so that's been a bit annoying to deal with yeah. i think especially yeah. now because like everyone's stuck inside and everyone's using their wi-fi so it's just yeah. like even slower so yeah <laughs> there is, there's definitely been uh it's been a learning curve hasn't it teaching yeah online. Definitely, yeah. Some of it a little bit easier to negotiate than other bits. Mm. In general, though, I think it's been an industry that being a part of it, it's gone all right online. I think yeah. it definitely could have gone worse. Oh, my God, yeah. Can you imagine, like, hairdresser, number one, ah. or a beautician? Like, 
you're screwed. Like mm. you just can't do anything. Um, so I think, yeah, we are quite lucky in the sense that we have been able to quite easily adapt um, what we offer to more of an online platform. And thank God this happened like now and not like 15 years ago. Yeah, I imagine if it, yeah, God. we'd just be stuck. There'd be nothing, would there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're pretty, pretty fortunate, I guess. Um, and to be fair, I might even go as far as saying that we're even, we're in a better position than most PTs because especially yeah like with personal trainers you know like you go for the in-person session majority of the time and you're there using so much different equipment and now to just do body weight training and exercises or with the minimal equipment that you have can be so hard to find the motivation to do and also I don't think fat loss or weight loss right now is what people actually want to focus on Um, you know, there are bigger issues at hand with the whole quarantine and finance and just taking care of yourself to start worrying about what you're eating. <laughs> so I think, Definitely. yeah, PT world has maybe struggled a little bit more than us. Hmm. 100%. I think, I mean, I know a couple of guys who uh, are calisthenics coaches, so mm-hmm. maybe they're not feeling it as much as the average person. Average yeah. PT because they're calisthenics coaches but I mean my own powerlifting coach it's just a nightmare for him obviously yeah yeah. I'm one of his only lifters who's managed to get equipment Mm. that was a shit show when it first started I remember as well because I had the bit of the head start on the lockdown yeah I uh, managed to order some equipment that got here in the first week of lockdown so I didn't have too much time off but I think mm. a lot of other people still haven't got I mean I'm, I'm a friend of mine he ordered some stuff right at the beginning of lockdown it's still not arrived it's just been wow. a nightmare for that a lot of people but sucks. definitely I think a lot of PTs will have struggled and still are struggling and mm. it, it's a difficult it's a tricky industry at the best of times both yeah. of our, you know the, the fitness wellness industry it's hard yeah and this obviously will have added another layer of difficulty which is probably not helping a lot of people mm. definitely there's nothing really which was another one of my incentives to just keep it nice and simple go on mm. instagram donation based yeah i'm not here to kind of create some kind of massive online empire just yet (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna take time isn't it it's like everything definitely and that's the thing like people come to you for you and i think the fact that you know you've kept it simple is just breaking down barriers even more so you're just making your classes even more accessible to someone who has probably previously never considered doing yoga mm-hmm. um, I think there's way too many barriers too. anyway yeah yeah definitely um the fact that it's just easy you know it's just like oh sweet cool I don't have to worry about faffing about signing into this and developing a new like login and to all of that I hate all that shit it's just too much (laughs) again technology is a bit of a bitch isn't it yeah exactly um but yeah I mean going forwards you know depending on whatever Boris says today and how the next couple of months shape up do you think that people within the industry the yoga teachers studios are gonna keep on top of like online content and classes or do you think people are just gonna try to revert back to how things were as soon as possible as much as I would like to think that a lot of people will keep their online offering logistically I don't think it's gonna work I think the 
people who will keep the online offering will be the big studios. So I'm talking about mm-hmm. Indaba. I don't know if you know Indaba in London. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done an online offering. Basically places where they know there's a guaranteed return on their investment. They're going to keep you. going. Got you. Smaller studios, perhaps not, because mm. if you are a small studio, maybe you, there's you and a couple of teachers and a manager or whatever it is for mm. the studio, logistically, how on earth are you going to keep producing content as well as teaching a full-time schedule? You're going to yeah. burn yourself out. Yes. Yeah, and that's, not, that's just obvious, isn't it? That's what's yeah. going to happen. The people who I think, this is maybe me just being optimistic and selfish, maybe, <laughs> the people who perhaps can keep this going are the likes of us who mm. can afford to do a little bit of moving round of our old timetable, inverted yeah. commas, to make yeah. way for whatever we're allowed to do or want to do moving forward, as Definitely. well as continuing the online offering we've already built. Yeah, And I think the likes of us perhaps are going to I'm not talking about whether it'll be effective or not you know that's a Mm. completely different situation um more talking about who's more able to continue doing it I think it's going to be the likes of us who can yeah but other than that I think people will I mean it makes sense right if you're a small studio Mm. small business you just want to get back to running your business the way that it was exactly and this online offering is just kind of a it's too much faff, isn't it? Sometimes. It's too much faff, and it's, yeah. it, for most people, it's a substitute. It's not mm. the real thing. Mm, so given the opportunity, I think more people will want to go back and just go to the way things were. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like, um, majority of studios, especially around Brighton, a lot of them are, like, small um small studios not necessarily, like, franchises. I think they'll just try to go back to how things were, but... I think for me personally, as well as yourself, I think it's given me that luxury to be able to look back and see how I actually want to change my timetable, um, where I want to go back to classes, because if anything, it's sort of given me some studios like True Colours. I'm like, perhaps you're a little bit unsupportive of me um, during this time. So you know what, like, I don't know, I'm not, I have my reservations about going back to some places, if I'm honest. Um, but it's just also like, well, what do I want to do moving forward? Like both of us are doing our personal training course at the moment. Um, so, you know, same girl, it's fine. <laughs> um, but it's like, how do I want to incorporate, you know, my online class into my normal teaching week, as well as coming back to my privates, as well as keeping up with this podcast, as well as doing my PT course, because eventually I do want to have in-person personal training clients. Um, So it's all just like, you know, thinking ahead towards all of that and not just, you know, I think we've had such a great start coming off the back of the virus with this online content that I really don't want to just stop it dead in its tracks. Like, I'm really enjoying it. So it's a different challenge um, to continue forwards with. But, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's – we can – unfortunately, it sounds so cliche and cheesy, but the only (laughs) thing we can do right now is just wait and see what happens, I think. Oh, definitely. This is all over, inverted commas. I think it's going to be months at this rate. Yeah. When we have any semblance of normalcy, I think even then – 
we're going to have so many different things to contend with. So mm. the only thing anyone can do in this situation is just reassess their own personal situation. Yeah, yeah. And okay. Unfortunately, for some, that may might mean making some quite difficult decisions, but mm. I think it is a bit of a blessing in disguise for ages. I'm exactly the same as you. I've said I've wanted to create some kind of online offering. Yeah. And... I think I've known I've needed to alter certain things in what I'm doing, but have yeah. hung fire on doing them just because I was comfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Kind of given me a bit, of, and I know I'm very fortunate to even be in that position that mm. this has come as a bit of a wake up call as opposed to a disaster, which it of course has been for so many yeah. people. So I think I'm just really lucky to be where I am, and mm. moving forward, I think I just have to keep thinking that and remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing because exactly. for a while I, I think I've kind of got a bit lost in in that no I totally agree with that I totally agree like the last leading up to um the lockdown it was just like on autopilot you know I was just mm-hmm. like cool I know where I'm going I know what I'm doing it was very like I want to I don't want to say drilled into me but it was very much like this is routine sort of thing and there was very little room for me to be creative in what I wanted to offer or felt like I had to stick to the same thing in terms of what I was offering so yeah this has ironically come at such an interesting time and I think two years is a nice time to reflect back on what you have done and where you've come from and change a little bit you know for your own personal growth um especially as a teacher like we're always fucking learning (laughs) Um, and if you're not then you're stagnant so you know (laughs) yeah yeah that's a a it is a lovely way to think about it and it's true as teachers we we are still always learning yeah all the time exactly and this is just another thing that we can learn from exactly yeah (laughs) if we're in the position to obviously which we are lucky to be in and I know some people can't but it's yeah it's been it's been strange so far and I don't think anyone expected this to happen Mm. of course I wondered so (laughs) I mean I'm talking about in the industry nobody saw this coming so I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird but I think the the practice will still always be there which is yes. what I want to keep sharing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's always going to be there. <laughs> it's always going to be someone offering it. So yeah, just things will happen when they happen. I don't think there's too much point in like fretting over, you know, what the future holds when it really could be anything. <laughs> it, could. it could. Yeah. So yes. Um, well, that's quite a nice way to end our first episode i think we will I see what happens agree. <laughs> well yeah well thank you guys so much for listening i hope you enjoyed our rambling and our tangents um <laughs> yeah. and everything in between but yeah if there were any comments or questions feedback ideas for future podcasts let us know we'd love to hear definitely feedback is very welcome everyone and thank you so much for listening big thank you to my wonderful co-host olive and thank you to you grace it's been wonderful (laughs) as always stay safe everyone and we will catch you next time bye bye